Father, uh, as we come to a new year, we realize how fast these years pass, that, that our, as your word says, our life is nothing more than a vapor, Lord. We're here today and gone tomorrow. And so we want to make, make the best of the years that you give us, and we want to make 2018 the best year we've ever had. And, and Lord, we can only do that in a close relationship with you. And you're going to show us just how we can, we can live a uh, spiritually victorious year uh, in the coming year as we look at this little text today, Lord. I, I know for a lot of people, 2017 has been a tough year. And so, Lord, we want to we we live in victory in 2018. You're going to show us just how to do that today as we look at this uh, section of this psalm. And so I ask, Lord, that you... Bless the study today, Lord. I pray for every person in this room, Lord, that you, you've blessed them in 2018. You make it the best year of their lives. And, and Lord, uh, you know, we know that, that that kind of year comes in a close relationship with you. So we, just, we, we want to we make that our goal this year at Calvary Chapel, Lord, to, to get closer to you, to, to, to have more of your spirit in our lives, to, to live a life that the life that you've called us to live. And we, act, we can only do that, Lord, by your grace. We can only uh, learn how to do that through your spirit uh, as we look at your word. And so I ask today that you bless our study. I ask that in the name of Jesus Christ. It's in his precious name that I pray. Amen. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn to the very middle of your Bibles. If you can find the very, that doesn't include the concordance, the concordance or the introductions or maps or any of that stuff. If you go to the very center of your Bible, you will find Psalm number uh, 119, and that's where we're going to be today, Psalm number 119. And we'll pick up in verse number 83. You know, I think one of the most important things that we can do as we come to the end of this year is to take inventory of just where we are spiritually. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we're not where we want to be spiritually. You know, I don't know about you, but 2017 was a pretty good year for me. It was good in some ways. It was bad in some ways. I lost both of my parents in 2017. But in 2017, we, we purchased a new home. Uh, we found out that uh, Nathan and Blair were going to get married. Uh, we uh, found out that uh, Kaylee uh, is pregnant. She's going to have a baby here in nine months, uh, less than nine months now. I guess it's about six months now. But, uh, and, and there's been some exciting news in our congregation. We just heard the other day where Ashley and Josiah have gotten engaged, and uh, we, we're, I'm sure we're going to hear about more engagements this year uh, coming up, probably. We'll hear about that. But uh, all sorts of good things happen. But it also was a very tough year. It was a tough year for our nation. You look at all of the hurricanes and storms and floods and those kind of things that we had, and so it was a tough year for our nation. Uh, I, for me, it was a tough year spiritually. Uh, I, I don't know if I've had a tougher year spiritually than I had in 2017. I, I, I mean, just give you some one-word adjectives of the way I felt at times in 2017. 
uh, tired, uh, discouraged, disappointed, impatient, weary. You know, I could even say sometimes bored with the things of God. But that's not a good place to be. But, you know, just being honest with myself, I, I, I really felt this year, I felt in the last year, this year, we're still in 2017, that, that uh, really I'm not where I want to be spiritually. And I don't believe I'm alone in feeling that way. And as we'll see in this psalm today in 119, there's a reason that we can get in such a desolate spiritual condition and that's because, as the psalmist is going to say, we're like wineskins in smoke. And for me, 2017 was a year like a wineskin in smoke. Now, what in the world do I mean by a wineskin in smoke? Well, I'm going to talk about that here in just a few minutes. But, but uh, hopefully as we look at this psalm, we learn what it means to be a wineskin in smoke. We'll also see the solution for, the, for our spiritual dilemma so that in 2018 we can enjoy fully the blessings, the spiritual blessings of being in a right relationship with the Lord. So if you will, turn with me again to Psalms 119, uh, and we're going to pick up in verse number 83. Now, if you're familiar with Psalm 119, you know there are some very interesting facts about Psalm 119. First of all, this is the good news for y'all, it's the longest chapter in the Bible. The good news is I'm not going to cover the whole chapter today. The good news is we're only going to cover one stanza of that chapter, uh, and that's, uh, again, beginning in verse number 83. The second thing, interesting fact about Psalms 1, uh, 119 is that it comes, I mentioned earlier, it comes in the very middle of the Bible. I mean, in the exact middle of the Bible, you have a psalm about the Bible. That brings me to the third interesting fact about Psalms 119. It is all about the Word of God. And on the left side of the psalm, from Genesis all the way to Psalms, you, 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 it's, it, it's, it's the Word of God. And on the right side of the psalm, from from Psalm 119 all the way to Revelation, that's the Word of God. And right there in the middle, God places this psalm to remind us about the importance of studying the Word, about the importance of the Word of God in our life. The star of this chapter is the Word of God. The Word of God appears almost in every single verse in some form or fashion. Let me give you some, some examples. Look at verse 54. You see the word statues there. That refers to the word of God. In verse 56, you see the, the word precepts. That refers to the word of God. Verse 57, you see words. Verse 58, you see your word. Verse 62, you see judgments. Uh, verse uh, 66, you see knowledge, referring to the word of God. Verse 66, in the last part of that verse, you see commandments, referring to the word of God. Verse 70, you see your law. Verse 75, you see judgments. And so over and over again, Psalms 119 speaks about the importance of the Word of God in the believer's life. And most of the time, it refers to the word using the Hebrew word debar. And that's very significant because the Hebrew word debar means a word of God 
specifically to you, specifically to his people. When you hear a debar, God is speaking to his people. He's not just speaking to the world. He's speaking to you and I. And so that's really what the whole word is. The whole Bible is debar. It's the word of God to his people. Now, the fourth interesting fact about Psalms 119, if you notice there, it's divided into 22 stanza, and there's one stanza for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So if you ever study Hebrew and you learn the Hebrew alphabet, it's kind of fun because this psalm is divided by the Hebrew alphabet. Now, today we're going to be looking at one stanza, and it's marked by the Hebrew letter Kaf. Uh, and we see that as you begin, I said verse 83, verse 81. We begin in verse number 81. We see the Hebrew letter Kaf, which is pronounced like a K in the, in the, in, in, in the Hebrew language. All right, now let's read this little uh, section of this psalm, and uh, I think maybe you'll see where we're heading here or get an idea where we're heading as, as we read it. All right, now listen to what he says. The psalmist says, he says, my soul faints. I mean, here's 2017. Maybe you don't feel spiritually like you should. And you kind of relate to what the psalmist says here. Maybe it was the end of the year for him, and he was looking back, and he was thinking, man, things aren't what they ought to be in my relationship with the Lord. And so he says, my soul faints for your salvation. In other words, Lord, I need your help. But I hope in your word. My eyes fell from searching your word, saying, when will you comfort me? I mean, have you ever done that? You've searched the word of God and searched the word of God looking for comfort from God, and you just can't find that comfort? And the psalmist cries out, Lord, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in smoke. Now, what in the world does he mean by that? Well, look at that in just a minute. Let's read the rest of the psalm first. He says, yet I do not forget your statutes. I don't forget your word. Your word is close at hand to me. I love your word. How many are the days of your servant? When will you execute judgment on those who persecute me? I'm running out of time, Lord. I mean, how many more days do I have to live like this? I mean, I want my life changed. I mean, when will you finally take care of those who are causing me a lot of grief? And I don't think that's really the psalmist's main problem. That's part of the the smoke that we'll look at, but that's not his main problem. We'll see that in a minute. But he says, the proud have dug pits for me, which, now you notice that's in italics there, the next word. Really proper grammar there. I think it should say, which are not according to your law. When you see the word in italics in the Bible, that means it's not there in the language. And so it's, it's being inserted by the, by the translators in order to make it clear to you. But I think it applies to the pits, so it should be which are not according to your law. And then he says something that, that I agree with 100%, and I know all of y'all do. All your commandments are faithful. And, and then he goes on with his problem. He says, they persecute me wrongfully. And he cries out in the middle of this psalm. He says, Lord, help me. They almost made an end of me on earth, but I did not forsake your precepts. Revive me according to your loving kindness so that I may keep your word, that I may keep the testimony of your mouth. Now, I want to zero in for a minute. If you'll look in verse number 83 at that phrase there, 
because that's where I got the title for the text, and I think it's very, uh, uh, a, a very good metaphor for describing how a lot of us feel at the end of 2017. We feel like wineskins in smoke. Now, what in the world does he mean by a wineskin in smoke? Well, all of us know what a wineskin is. A wineskin, simply put, is, is, is a uh, vessel that's used for uh, uh, storing and dispensing what? Wine. Now, I can't believe they put that in the Bible, but that's what it is. It's a, and, and y'all better leave that stuff alone tonight, I'm telling you right now. It's a container for storing and dispensing wine. And in the Bible, what is wine always symbolic of? It's symbolic of the Holy Spirit, of the joy of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So we could say that a wineskin represents the children of God because we're the one who, where the Holy Spirit is stored and it's our responsibility to dispense the Holy Spirit. In other words, we should be so full of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit flows out from us to this lost and dying world. And so we're the wineskins. And so here's this psalmist and what he's saying right here. He says, I'm like a wineskin. In other words, I'm a man of God. I'm, I have the Holy Spirit, but there's something wrong with me. I'm like a wineskin in smoke. Now, first of all, hey, this guy's a pretty, pretty strong believer. I can tell that right now because because he gives us some clear marks of what a strong believer ought to be in relationship to the Word of God. Look at, look at what it says in verse number 81. He says, I hope in your word. He says, I hope in your word. Every true believer puts their hope in the Word of God. We don't put our hope in the wisdom and hope of this world or we're in deep trouble. We put our hope in the wisdom and promises of God. And it's not blind faith because look at verse 86. He says, all your commandments are faithful. Every single one of them, every single promise that you make to us will come true in your time. Everything that you tell us to do, you tell us to do it for our good. The Ten Commandments are for our good. The law is for our good. The new covenant is for our good. This whole word is for our good. And every single promise in this word will come true. Every single promise that God, make, that God has made that's not a conditional promise, you can believe it's going to come true. There are some conditional promises. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But look at how else uh, this man stands out as a strong man or, wo- a man or woman of God. He says, he says in verse number 83, He says, we do not forget your statutes. In other words, I do not forget your statutes. Look, if you really believe in the power of the Word of God, if you believe in the wisdom of the Word of God to guide you throughout this life, you're not going to forget this Word. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been studying this Word for 20 nine years now, and I've studied it pretty hard, but I forget it. Man, I, if, I don't, if I don't get back into this Word, if I don't stay in this Word, it's amazing how quickly I forget things. 
Now, a lot of that stuff is there, and, and it's, it's embedded deep down in your soul. And when a problem arises, boy, the verse, God will just use that verse and pop it in that mind. You, you couldn't remember it if you tried, if you wanted to. But he, he and, and, and by his spirit, he will remind us of, of those words. But look, the only way that we're going to keep from forgetting the word is to stay in the word. Look at verse number 82. Look at what the psalmist did. He says, my eyes fell from searching your word. How many of us can say that? I mean, how many of you studied the word so much in, 19, I mean, in 2017 that your eyes got weary of looking at the word? I mean, that's the way it should be. I mean, if we don't want to forget these commandments, if we don't want to forget God's word, then we've got to stay in his word. Let me tell you the third mark of this man of God. Look at verse number 87. He says in verse number 87, I did not forsake your precepts. Look, if we're true believers, we're not just hearers of the word, we are doers of the word. And no matter how difficult things get in our life, we stay true to God's word. We keep believing those promises. I don't know about you, but, but it's been hard for me in 2017 to keep believing those promises. But, you know, that's a choice. My wife always says happiness is a choice. Well, happiness comes from really believing the promises that God gives us. And that's a choice. I mean, when the devil's coming at you and, and throwing all sorts of doubtful thoughts into your mind, you've got a choice. You can believe God or you can believe the devil. When your friends or your relatives are giving you a hard time and about what you believe, you can believe them or you can believe God. When this world throws everything that's antichrist against you, you can believe this world or you can believe God. And I choose to be believe God. And I want to be a doer of the word. But that's where the problem comes in for the child of God. It's a lot easier to hear the word than it is to be a doer of the word. And there's a reason for that. Let me tell you why there's a reason, what the reason is. Because we are like wineskins in smoke. We are like wineskins in smoke. Now, that's an unusual metaphor. It only appears here in verse 83 of Psalms 119. And usually, when you see the word wineskin in the Bible, what kind of wineskins we, do we refer to? the new wineskin, and the old wineskin. That's usually the, the way the Bible describes a wineskin. We, we don't see this wineskin in smoke anywhere else but here in Psalm uh, 119. You remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9, verse 17. He says, they do not put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break. The wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined but they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. So what was he talking about right there? In other words, you don't put the Spirit into, into people who are trying to live by the law. It's not going to work. You don't put the law into people who are trying to live by grace. You have to put new wine, which is the wine of the Holy Spirit, where, where we're saved by grace, we're sanctified by grace, we're glorified by grace, you put that new wine into new believers. And, or else, if you try to put anything else, you try to put the new wine into, into people under law, it's going to burst. They don't want to have anything to do with it. You try to put 
the old covenant into new believers, and they're going to burst. And I think that's a problem that a lot of us have. We try to put the old wine into the new wineskins. We were saved by grace. And Paul says, as you receive Christ, so walk in him. We received him by grace. We received him by faith. And so we've got to walk by grace. And the reason sometimes, and I know that's a big problem with, in my own life, the reason sometimes that we're so miserable spiritually is that we're trying to walk by the law. We're trying to please God by rules that we keeping certain rules, by, by doing certain things, by praying more, by reading our Bibles more, by giving more, whatever. Now, I don't want to get you down on the giving more. You want to keep doing that. But, but it's great to give to the Lord with a generous heart, with a cheerful heart, but not because we think we've got to give in order to get from God. That is legalism. And so many of us fall into legalism, and then we wonder why, even though we're saved, and we're trying to pump this old wine into new wineskins, and it's not going to work. What do we need more of? We need more of the Holy Spirit. But even then, if we're living by grace, we're like wineskins in smoke. Now, what does he mean here by wineskin and smoke? I mean, what's the smoke? We know we, we figured out what the wineskin is. It's the vessel that holds the Holy Spirit and dispenses the Holy Spirit out in the world. What's the smoke? What had made this believer here so desolate spiritually? Well, look at verse 86. This, this is some of the smoke. He says, they persecute me wrongfully. They persecute me wrongfully. You ever feel like that? You ever feel like you weren't treated right in 2017? Have you ever gotten down spiritually because you don't feel like the people around you are treating you the way you should be? I mean, your enemies are never going to treat you the way you want to be treated. But sometimes there's other people in your life that don't treat you the way you want to be treated. Sometimes you have relatives, family members that don't treat you the way you want to be treated. You have church people that don't treat you the way you want to be treated. I might, you might sometimes think, the pastor doesn't treat me the way I want to be treated. I've got people who left the church recently because they didn't think I treated them the way they wanted to be treated. Shame on them. <laughs> now, hopefully I, I learned from that. I'm, I'm teasing. But we're often persecuted. And, and Persecution comes in all sorts of forms. It's not just being persecuted because you're a Christian and the, this world that hates Christ hates you. That, that's, that's given. You're going to have that. But there's time when people are just going to treat you wrongfully and you're going to be disappointed. And that deprives you of spiritual oxygen. And so it's real easy to let that make you hard and let that make you brittle. I mean, I, I, I know... I've got touchy feelings, and, I, and sometimes I get hardened towards people. When I get hardened towards people, I sometimes get hardened towards the Lord. You can't let that happen. You can't let that happen. Some of you are living in a relationship that, that is tough. You're living with someone that's giving you a hard time. You can't let them get you down. You have the Lord. You have Jesus Christ. You have, you have a, an eternal hope. you got to stay in this word like the psalmist did. you got to keep you got to put your hope in this word, not in your relationships. The only relationship that's really going to count in the end is the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. 
And we all have that. But that wasn't the only smoke that this psalmist was having to inhale. Look at verse number 85. He says, the proud have dug pits for me. Verse number 85, the proud have dug pits for me which are not according to your law. Well, first of all, we've got to establish who are the proud. The proud are the godless. This world, let me tell you what, is full of godless people. Godless people on their way to hell, and they aren't satisfied with going to hell by themselves. They want to take you with them. And so they've dug all sorts of pits for us to fall into. What are the what are the pits? Well, look at the last part of verse 85. The, the, everything that's not according to the law of God is a pit. And this world is full of pits. And it's, it's pits that, that turn into smoke, that choke out the Spirit of God in our life and causes us to become hard, hardened spiritually. Weary spiritually. Discouraged and disappointed. And primarily, that smoke takes its form in immorality and in idolatry. You know, we live in a world full of idols. And those idols are pits for the believers. That You fall into those pits and you're going to become weary spiritually. You're going you're gonna to become, you're going to become like this psalmist here, like a wineskin in smoke. And you, you, you're not going to know, it's going to come to a point where you just can't seem to get out of that pit. I mean, I look at the pits, there are a lot of pits out there. I mean, in America, it's the chasing the buck, it's entertainment, it's sports, it's those phones we have in our pockets. I see people look at those phones all day long. You go, to, you go to, out to dinner with somebody now, and you don't talk to them. Everybody's looking at their phone, and I'm guilty of that too. And that's a pit we've fallen into. And then we go home, and we get in our phones, or we get on our computer, and we don't take the time to get in God's Word, and we wonder why we're so desolate spiritually. We've fallen into a pit, and this world is full of pits. I mean, this society that we live in is, has braced this thing they call new morality. New morality is nothing more than immorality. And we, as a church, have fallen into that pit. I'm not talking about Calvary Chapel. I'm talking about the church universal, that, that everything goes. I mean, people can do anything they want, and, and Jesus will forgive it. That's a pit. That's a pit that people have fallen into. And when we're in that pit, it's hard to breathe spiritually because the life of God is being choked out of us. Now, you won't lose your salvation if you've fallen into these pits. But you won't have a happy 2018. So you've got to get out of the pit. I mean, I don't want 2018 to be like 2017. I want to live a vibrant spiritual life. I don't know about you, but that's what I want to live. I want to live a life full of joy, full of peace. I want to be a wineskin full of new wine, not a wineskin in smoke. Now, how do we do that? Well, 
Jesus kind of gave us the roadmap for finding or rekindling the power of the Spirit or the presence of the Spirit in our life. He gave it to us when we were in Revelation, if you remember in chapter 2, when he talked about the church there at Ephesus. I mean, here was this church. They were doing all sorts of work for the Lord. They were doing all sorts of wonderful works for the Lord. They were growing. They were vibrant. Everything seemed uh, wonderful in that church. But Jesus rebuked them because they had become like wineskins in smoke. And, they, and how had they become like wineskins in, in, in smoke? They had made their religious works their idols. And so they had, as Jesus said, they had left their first love. He said, you have left your first love. And what did he tell them to do? He told them very simply, repent, repent, put away that idol, put away your idols, get back into a strong relationship with me. I mean, remove yourself from the smoke of this world, from the idolatry that you've, you've fallen into, and do the things that you did when you first got saved. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I first got saved, I didn't have any problem with my spiritual condition. Man, I was so on fire for the Lord and so excited about it. And, and I, didn't, I didn't care what the world threw at me. I knew, man, everything was going to be wonderful in the end. And, and, you know, after 29 years of the world throwing its stuff at you and you, you're doing the thing, maybe some things you shouldn't be doing yourself, you know, all of that fire kind of wanes. It kind of, it kind of dies out. And I think what God's saying to all of us here at the end of 2017, get it back. Go back. Remember what you did when you first found the Lord, really when the Lord first found you. And what did we do? Man, I remember, man, I, I read through the Bible. I read through the Bible, I mean, not once in a year. I read through the Bible like once a week. That's, that's how, how much I was into the Bible. I took J. Vernon McGee's commentaries and read through all five volumes about three times in one year. I wasn't just satisfied re reading the Word. I wanted to know what the word meant and how it applied to my life. And I talk about prayer. Man, I go on my knees in prayer, and I wasn't, I mean, I was on fire for the Lord. I was so grateful for what the Lord had done in my life, how he had pulled me out of the pit of this world and brought me into a new life and how he had given me uh, just, a, just a whole new perspective on, on life. He'd given me children. He'd given me a new family. He'd given me I mean, everything in my life, man, the same wife, but Eli came along about that time, Nathan right after him, and God had done so much for us, and I was so grateful and so excited, and I could just see him every day. And I could tell you some stories you wouldn't believe. You'd, you'd think I was nuts if I told you. I mean, things that God showed me, visions that I had, dreams that I had, and things were so excited, exciting, and, and, and yet somehow over the years, that's waned. That excitement has waned. And Jesus says, get it back. Go back and do what you did when you first got saved. You know what? I believe the psalmist was doing that. I believe the psalmist had realized that his hope was in the word of God. His hope was in seeking God through his word. And, and I have no doubt that he was living a moral life that he was praying for hours, that he was reading this Bible, uh, that he was uh, doing everything he could. I mean, he says here, he says, my eyes fell from searching your word. 
He was doing everything he could to get back into a close relationship with the Lord, and yet he still felt like he was a wineskin in smoke. He still felt spiritually desolate. You know where he was at? He was at the end of his rope. Bob George used to say this all the time. When you're at the end of your rope, let go. Let go. Quit trying to fix your situation yourself. Let go. When you let go, you know where you're going to fall? You're going to fall into the arms of Jesus Christ. And so the psalmist, I think, learned as he went through this process the solution to his problem, that there was only one person who could fix his spiritual problem, and that was the Lord himself. And so listen to what he says in verse 88. He says, revive me according to your loving kindness. Lord, not according to how much I pray, not according to how much I give, not according to how much I read my Bible, although he will, if you give a lot, he will be quicker about it. I'm teasing. Not according to any of those things. Revive me according to your love, your unending love. You love me when I don't love you as I should. You love me with everlasting love. Lord, revive me according to your loving kindness. Don't give me what I deserve, Lord. Revive me according to your mercy. Because if we got what we deserve, we would all be spiritually dead. And we would all be doomed to hell. Revive me, Lord, according to your mercy, so that I may, look at what he says here, so that I may keep your word. That I may keep the testimony of your mouth. So that I may be, Lord, like a new wine skin, full of wine, overflowing with new wine. A doer of your word, not just a hearer of your word. And let me tell you what, when you become a doer of the word, you become a recipient of every promise in this Bible. Now, there are people who teach that there are no conditional promises in the Bible. That's not true. There are conditions on certain promises in the Bible. My Bible tells me in Philippians chapter 4 that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Friends, let me tell you what, if you're not in closer relationship with the Lord, you're never going to experience that power. We, we have to be close to the Lord. We have to be, we have to be the point where Paul was at when he said, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me in order for us to experience that strength. And we got to quit trying to do it ourselves. We got to come to our end of our rope and let go. And we got to say, Lord, revive us. Revive us so that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me so that we can be more than conquerors, as Paul says in Romans 8, more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who is giving us what we deserve. No, through Jesus Christ who loved us and died for us, and he's willing to save us and revive us and give us spiritual vitality for 2018. You know, I believe with all my heart what we need more in 2018, more than anything else, 
is not a new set of resolutions. I mean, I used to be a big on making New Year's resolutions. I made one earlier. I said, I'm going to try to get closer to the Lord this year. Well, maybe that's a good one because that kind of applies to what I'm about to say. No, what we need the most in 2018, what I need the most, and I bet it's what you need the most, I need revival. I need revival. And where does revival come from? It comes from the Lord. When does it come? When we're done trying to revive ourselves. When we're at the end of our ropes. And how does it come? It comes when we simply ask. You know, I love what the author of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 4 when he's talking about resting in the Lord. He says in chapter 4 verse 16 that we're to come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. That's what God wants to do. He's not going to do that if we're trying to fix ourselves. He's not going to do that if we're in a pit. He's going to get us out of the pit. But if we're, if we're walking into pits and living in pits by our choice, we got to come out of those pits. But if we do that and we come to the Lord, to his throne of grace, then we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. You want to have a fantastic 2018? Well, I mean, I'm talking about a year where you walk in God's power and God's grace, then repent. Repent. Go back to where you were, not in 2017, but where you were when you first experienced Christ, where you knew it was all grace, that everything you had was by grace, and put away those idols and come boldly to the throne of grace and ask the Lord to revive your soul. And he promises that he will. And you'll have the best year you've had in a long time if you do that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you for the life you give us. We thank you for this past year, even though it's been a tough year. Lord, we, we've sensed your presence in our church and our personal lives. Lord, but things have grown stale for some of us, and Lord, we don't want to live in that kind of condition. So, Lord, even today we come boldly to your throne of grace, and as the psalmist cried out, Lord, we ask you to revive our souls, to make us new, Lord, not by the things we do, but by your grace. And then those things that we do do, Lord, those things will become powerful and meaningful and fill us with joy and peace and we'll live the kind of victorious Christian life that you've laid out for every single one of your children. But that's who we want to be in 2018. And we can only do that through your grace, which begins with the blood of Jesus Christ. It's in his precious name that I